Hello and welcome to the Constructing Villains series. In particular, this newest batch is focusing on the characters of Mortal Kombat and how these villains are constructed to fulfill multiple roles. Now, unlike with a book or a film, we're dealing with interactive media, in particular, a genre of interactive media, fighting video games, that is really focused on the physical actions of the player in fighting rather than on telling the story. The, the story is window dressing, though Netherrealm has by far and away blew others in the genre away with their storytelling. And one of the keys to success within the fighting genre, both as a uh, storytelling genre and as a interactive media, hey, let's play a game and have fun sort of genre, you have to have characters that stand out from each other that are both visually and narratively memorable. So, with this series, I'm going to be looking at just how these villains function. Today's topic, Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung is clearly a character built from the Chinese sorcerer archetype found in many martial arts films and particularly famous in Wuxia, basically the equivalent of sword and sorcery in Chinese pop culture. And Shang Tsung bears all the hallmarks of that archetype. He wields dark magic, he's deceptive, ambitious, and is the antithesis of the hero figure who is destined to fight him. Amusing to me, the character who is his enemy, Liu Kang, was based on Bruce Lee, an actor famous for departing from Wuxia tropes and inventing a more realistic and brutal style of martial arts film. One that pretty much forever changed Chinese and Hong Kong cinema. Still, in terms of how the story is constructed, a lot of wuxia, or shanxia, tropes of mystic martial arts and the wuxia hero's journey and values remain present in the story through the many iterations of the game and in its uh, film counterparts. Shang Tsung was the primary antagonist of the very first video game and the 1995 Mortal Kombat movie. After many years in video games and one really terrible movie called Mortal Kombat Annihilation that we will never again mention in this conversation, Shang Tsung eventually returned to the role of primary antagonist in Mortal Kombat 11 Aftermath, and he has taken the role of primary antagonist in the 2021 film. Throughout his time as a primary or secondary antagonist in the Mortal Kombat series, or even as a manipulator behind the scenes, he has displayed several hallmarks that mark him as a master manipulator as well as a wielder of dark magic. Now, we won't be getting too much into all of his powers and what they can do except into how they relate to how he is written. Shang Tsung is a static character. Static characters are ones that don't change much within the confines of a narrative. Dynamic characters change over the course of the narrative, in many cases very drastically. By the events of Mortal Kombat, Shang Tsung has already betrayed Earthrealm, already served Shao Kahn, and already is out for number one. And from Mortal Kombat 1 to 11, that never really changes. Sir, his allegiance may change, and he'll betray anyone to get what he wants, but he is largely the same person. The story is not built around some great personality transformation he has. 
Instead, he serves as a static obstacle for other characters to overcome. That isn't to say that he was always this dark evil sorcerer, but his formative moments that shaped him are already a part of his backstory. We know that he betrayed Earthrealm, was an Earthrealmer. We know that he was once the Mortal Kombat champion, but was defeated by Kung Lao, then became its Grand Master and managed it on his island. He also has a curse placed on him by the Elder Gods that causes him to age rapidly, and the only way he can offset this is by draining the souls of others. Ironically, the whole reason this curse was placed upon him was because he drained the soul of another being. This is, of course, eventually revealed to be a ploy on the part of Kronika so that she'll always have a ready source of souls available. Otherwise, this decision by the gods would seem very strange. And despite the manipulations of Kronika, Shang Tsung is very much a self-made villain. He was the one to make the decision to betray Earthrealm. He studied at the foot of Shao Kahn to learn soul magic. He makes the decisions to betray and murder his way through the cast of characters to get what he wants. Despite being a static, unchanging character, he is a highly active antagonist. He is constantly hatching plots, breaking rules, and doing whatever he needs to do to get ahead. Which brings us to one of the most important parts of a villain. What is his motivation? When you stop and look at the role of an antagonist, you have to consider the fact that he plays a part in the story that is necessary. He is the force that prevents the protagonist from achieving his goals. Now, a protagonist can be a villain, or a hero, as the case may be. Same goes for the antagonist. But the antagonist is the block. So whatever the character's motivations, whatever his actions, they all have to play into that purpose. So what are the motivations of Shang Tsung, and how do they keep him in the position to oppose the main character? Which is Liu Kang nominally in the canon story, but could be any character you select in the first Mortal Kombat game. If you want your story to function naturally, a villain's motivation should be strong and must force them into conflict with the hero. It can't offer them an out. Otherwise, you could wind up with a Martha situation where saying a woman's name is apparently all it takes to make the conflict stop and for the characters to get along. If one word can just end the whole conflict, you don't have a very strong conflict at all. And this is particularly important when you're dealing with man-versus-man stories, where individual forces will clash. Like many sorcerers in martial arts stories, Shang Tsung is ambitious and power-hungry. Indeed, almost mustache-twirlingly so. He wants more. More power more knowledge, more souls, things that can only come at the cost of others. Yes, he serves an evil being, nominally Shao Kahn, who's an eternal conqueror, but we can see that Shang Tsung would still pursue these things on his own. Now, we don't know if there was some Freudian excuse for his descent into evil, but by the time we find him, he has an existential threat that drives him to continue performing evil, unforgivable acts. Even in a story where murder is everywhere, he goes above and beyond that by draining and harming souls, immortal essences of people, not just their mortal forms. 
These powers and abilities make him stand out as a threat, but they also play into his motivation. He now can't stop doing evil because he started upon that path. He broke a rule, was punished for that rule, and his punishment will f force him to continue down that path. And with every soul he takes, he gains memories, skills, and more power. So why would someone who wanted power to begin with stop? It's almost like an addiction that he must feed on multiple levels. See, so you have a physical existential motivation. Maintaining their life, their existence, is something that most people are going to want to do and will pursue above anything else. After all, you must be alive and able to act to achieve those other ends. So the, at its most basic level, this is an important one. But even as Shang Tsung secures this, that is not enough. Like many villains, Shang Tsung has a central character flaw. Indeed, most characters will have central character flaws that define them. That's not to say that there aren't multiple flaws to a character, but there will be one more important than all of the others. Heroes, generally speaking, along the hero's journey will overcome that flaw, or learn to live with it, or in some way triumph over it. Unless, of course, we're dealing with a Greek tragedy or something like that. Villains will almost always be destroyed by their central flaw, or at the very least, consumed by it, and that flaw will become the reason for villainy. Shang Tsung has many flaws. He's sadistic, he's ambitious, he's lustful, he's deceptive, he envies what others have. I mean, he, he's got all seven sins marked out pretty good. He's polite, yes, but that doesn't mean that he's not doing some pretty awful things. Most important out of all of these, though, is his classical flaw of hubris. Hubris is the overweening pride of man that comes before the fall. The term comes from Greek mythology and Greek poetics. But pride as the sin that leads to the downfall of a character, that's pretty universal. You can find that in Chinese literature just as easily as you could in American comic books. Shang Tsung is a character defined by his overreach. He sees himself as above the gods, he sees himself as above the concerns of his own realm, he will even steal powers from primal beings, breaking the very laws of nature. Why? Because he can, and his sense that he can leads him to that entitlement. This actually parallels with Shao Kahn's rise to power, who usurped the power of Onaga to take his place. Shang Tsung intends to usurp the power of Shao Kahn, and if Mortal Kombat 11 is to be believed, the very keepers of existence themselves, starting with the titan of time, Kronika. This also contrasts with the main characters of the story, many of whom are willing to lay down their lives for something, particularly their realm. Well, Shang Tsung has already determined he will favor himself above his realm. He's not willing to make the sacrifice. Why? Is it fear? No. He's not willing to make it because he sees himself as above that. That conflicts with his goals. He's not the one who should make sacrifices. Others should make sacrifices for him. His sense of selfishness feeds into his pride and makes him what he is. This pride and overconfidence are also what tend to lead to his destruction, where he has at times broken the rules of Mortal Kombat to his detriment, or made fatal errors in judgment that have led to his destruction. 
only once was he ever made to see a chance for redemption and look beyond himself. And that's only because his powers were needed to stop the evil fire god Liu Kang in one of the Mortal Kombat 9 uh, alternate ladder endings. But in the mainstream universe, it's all about him. Shang Tsung is not a villain with redeeming features. Sure, he's polite, but he's petty, and thus his politeness is really just a cover for his actions. He doesn't seem to love anything, so he's not doing this out of some misplaced virtue. The closest we get to genuine human emotion from him is a sort of fondness he has for Goro, his student who eventually became the Mortal Kombat Grand Champion. Shang Tsung cares for no rules, no boundaries, and is fully aware that the entire world considers him wicked for what he does and that no one trusts him, not even his other outworlders. He doesn't care. You could consider him an intelligent sociopath. He is a complete monster to whom nothing matters except himself. Thus, his character does not really engender a sense of empathy or even sympathy. This has its advantages, as virtually no one's going to feel bad about performing a fatality on Shang Tsung. He also can fulfill the role of a purely evil force. He has no empathy or sympathy for others, and he sees only what he can take from them. And if what he needs to take from them is important to him, he'll do it without any hesitation, and what he needs in the original Mortal Kombat is to win the tournament. If he fails, he may suffer the displeasure of Shao Kahn, and if anyone has looked at Mortal Kombat, they know that can end up being pretty fatal, and this will end his life, possibly, and his chance for more power. He has no loyalty to Earth, and indeed, this is something he has been at for centuries, so centuries of work depends upon his victory in the tournament over Earthrealm. This goal directly opposes anyone who is attempting to defend Earthrealm, so by the very nature of his motivation, he cannot avoid conflict with these characters. And when it comes to the fact that he wants domination and domination will come at everyone's expense, they must oppose him. This is what makes him an effective evil overlord archetype. Whether he's working for an even evil overlord or crafting his own schemes, the role he plays is largely the same. By the very nature of his motivation and personality, though, there are certain roles he cannot play in the story. He cannot be a sympathetic villain. He cannot be someone that we can effectively root for in any subplot like a romance. He is not someone that we care about. Now, he can look awesome in many of his depictions. He is the very epitome of evil is cool. I mean, look at the actor that played him in the movies in Mortal Kombat 11, Kari Hiroyuki Tagawa. Oh my goodness. But he can't play those more sympathetic human roles within a story because of the things that we have set down about him. You'll need other villains to carry that load. What you can do with him is utilize the other traits of his character and his archetype. He's a manipulator. Thus, he can be a driving force that moves others to actions, much like a similar static character, the Joker, who, while static and unchanging, forces change in others through despicable acts. 
The Joker is also an example in most of his depictions of a character with very few sympathetic traits that is nonetheless engaging to watch and an effective villain without pulling at our heartstrings. Because he's both cool, charismatic, and those things count for a lot. They also count for that with Shang Tsung, who can often be so evil and smarmy you want to watch him. In addition to his antagonistic role, Shang Tsung also can play the archetypical role of a trickster figure because of his shape-shifting nature and his tendency to look out for number one, which can place him at odds with an even bigger big bad, perhaps even causing him to ally with the hero characters temporarily. His shape-shifting nature, too, can force hero characters to deal with parts of their life they would rather not deal with. This is often a key part of approach to the innermost cave and the ordeal, otherwise known as atonement with father, steps in the heroic journey. Take the original 1995 Mortal Kombat movie where Liu Kang must face Shang Tsung who's taken the form of his brother and confronts him with his feelings of guilt about his brother's death. Liu Kang must face his atonement with father, and deal with that central issue before he can finally defeat Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung is also a corruptor figure. We often see him associated with corruption symbolism, including serpents, which particularly in Western folklore are associated with the biblical story of Adam and Eve. Look at what Shang Tsung offers in many cases. Forbidden knowledge, greed, wealth, power, to those who will follow him, but those things will inevitably corrupt. He has, on occasion, turned people who would be his enemies into his servants. Aaron Black is one of these examples, a gunfighter from the actual Old West that gave in to Shang Tsung's temptations, becoming an immortal gunslinger to serve the will of Shang Tsung. Lastly, Shang Tsung, like many characters who have hubris as a flaw, will willingly violate the rules of the universe to play God and create monsters. Thus, he can fulfill the role of monster maker, leading to the creation of characters like Ermac and Melina. Shang Tsung isn't without his villainous virtues, however, and we've already mentioned a few of them. He's charismatic. He's cool. He's educated. He's polite. And his powers are visually appealing. He's also skilled. He's someone who had to work hard for his power. It wasn't just handed to him. His deceptive, it's all about me attitude makes a sort of sense as it would take a, a fair degree of self-absorption to devote yourself like that to simple self-improvement. He's learned to become a skilled hand-to-hand -hand fighter. He has learned the sorceress arts from Shao Kahn, something even many other long-lived creatures cannot do. He's also mastered related arts like flesh crafting, something that even the other penultimate sorcerer in the setting, Quan Chi, cannot do. Shang Tsung, if anything else, is a hard worker, even if he knows the benefits of getting someone else to do your work for you. All of these virtues make him a threat to other characters. But because he lacks the moral virtues, he's never going to be a force for good. But for people who admire these physical virtues, or his magic, or even his intelligence and cleverness, there's something to invest in and something to take from him. Shang Tsung has stayed with the series so long because he's been an effective villain. 
he is a static villain, but where his character has been frozen on this path to power places him at odds with other static and dynamic characters. He is also an active driver of the plot, making events happen and constantly driving a story forward. He can also fulfill multiple roles that will be necessary in a story like Mortal Kombat. You need a new monster that has cool powers, he can make it. You need someone to trick someone into acting against their best interests and being a villain, he can do that. You need someone to betray the bad guys and throw their plan into chaos, he can do that. He can fulfill all these narrative roles. He is a multi-purpose tool. He's just not one that's going to gain our sympathy, as he has been written. But when he's handled effectively, he can keep our attention, can be a legitimate threat and most of all, acts as a great evil overlord and foil for other more sympathetic and complex villains. In a straightforward fighting game that needs a hardcore evil villain that everyone can root against, Shang Tsung fits the bill.